come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing seeking justice in an unjust world according to God's word. We are back live in the PNT podcast studio with another great lesson for another great week. And yep, you guessed it. We're going to talk about justice in an unjust world. Let's look at some definitions, the world and the biblical meaning of justice. The quality of being just, righteousness, equitableness, and moral rightness. We can find this in Micah 6 and 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Many of us have no real idea what real justice looks like, but we are all quick to issue it whenever we see fit, or in some not-so-fitting situations. We beg to play the role of God when we feel we've been wronged. I find that quite interesting. Why, you ask? Great question. I'm not sure you're ready for the reality of my answer. Think about it. God is love, and love is God. We pretend to not know the true nature or love of God. In those instances where we've been wronged, or people so-called wronged us, we know exactly what God will or would do. If we don't step in and do God's work for him by punishing the person that wronged us, they will get away with it. We know that God is a God of a second, a third, a fourth, and a list of chances could go on and on. We know God will forgive them and expect us to do the same. So we try to beat God to his judgment throne. It's called the throne of grace and mercy, and it's God's throne. If we are even to attempt to sit on it, shouldn't we use it just as God intended? We can't change the nature of God. God is who he is for a reason, and we can't change that or him. Hebrews 13 and 8 tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And if that verse wasn't enough for you, this one should seal the deal. James 4 and 12 tells us, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Isaiah 58, 9 and 10. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help. And he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of those oppressed, then your light will shine in darkness and your night will become like the noonday. This verse tells us that God will hear, answer, help, and acknowledge his presence in your time of need, trouble, despair, or success. Only and only if you stop trying to do his job. And by the way, we don't do it correctly. Handing out sentences, punishments, and judgments. He's telling us to stop being the accuser and talking about people and their shortcomings. This reminds me of a popular verse in the New Testament. People love to skip over it and pretend it doesn't exist. Matthew 7 and 3. 
and it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own? We getting real deep now. There's no turning back now. Matthew 7 is putting us on notice, my young loyal listeners, that God sees us out here acting a fool, and we want, or better yet, we expect his love and kindness and mercy, but we are unwilling to extend the same to others. That there, my young loyal listeners, is what we refer to as a hypocrite. I'm not going to define it for you. I want you to personally look it up for yourselves in the dictionary. Yep, and I know you got Google on your phone. And while you're at it, read Matthew 7 and 5 to see how God uses and defines it. I believe this is a perfect time to go to break since you have a little homework to do. But before we break, I want to mention verse 10. You should remember that we are called to be the light and darkness from some of our earlier episodes. By being more like God and forgiving those who have wronged us, we can truly allow God's light in us to rise as a beacon for the lost to find their way back or their way to Christ and ultimately back home. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to discuss how we can show justice in an unjust world. We are back live in the PNT podcast studio after that short break, and we're going to look at some practical ways of showing justice in an unjust world. Justice and mercy are the tangible expressions of loving our neighbors as God has loved us. They are the ways that we live like Jesus here and now, affirming the goodness of God's image in others. Being a young person, well, even an old person, who practices justice and mercy is some of the most faith-forming work you'll ever do as a Christian. So guess what? And you know it. I got the five L's that will help us know that we are living and showing justice in an unjust world, and they should help us. Number one, lead by example, Philippians 3.17. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Nurturing our heart for justice and mercy means being an example daily. Yep, no days off. Let your family, friends, and peers see you actively imparting peace and kindness to people in need. Practice this in your conversations with others. Talk in a way that encourages, that that motivates, and leads to justice and mercy, even when people have done you wrong. Don't let that keep you back from speaking good of a person. Number two, listen and learn, James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Seek opportunities to hear the voices of people who experience injustice and people who work to bring about justice. So basically what James is saying, don't be so quick to judge based on what you hear. Allow what you hear to really seep seep into your spirit and listen to the voice of God to see what it's saying to you. So don't get angry when people speak. Be slow to speak and be quick to hear. Number three, lament. Matthew 5 and 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And for those who don't know, lament means to mourn. Pray together about the brokenness of the world. Mourn with those who mourn, Romans 12, 15. Seek God's forgiveness for the ways in which you have acted unjustly. Ask the Spirit to show you where your heart needs to change and how you can work for justice and show mercy. So let's be careful how we treat people. Let's be careful that we don't cause others to mourn or to be sad or to be sorrowed. Let's uplift those people who are feeling that way. Number four, look for opportunities. Colossians 4 and 5. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Have regular conversations about injustice. Ask questions like, how does this go against God's plan for the world? And what might God want us to do about that? You use your God-given courage to speak up when you encounter injustice. Be an encourager to your family, your friends, your peers to do the same thing. This empowers people to be all that God needs them to be. Number five, love all. First Peter 4 and 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Look for the threads of justice that run throughout Scripture as you read it together. Make Matthew 22, 37-39 part of your family model. Talk about what it means to make a list together of what living that love looks like in your daily life. Revisit that list often, adding to it, and sharing stories of your experiences as you try to live in tune with God's love for all. You know, 1 Peter 4 and 8 simply means this. People would do things wrong. People would do things to get on your nerve, and people may even offend you. But if you truly love as God does, it will cover the multitude of sins that are done against you. Or the things that people do against you, you will be able to forgive them because you love them like God loved you. Because think about it. God loved us when we had our own multitude of sins that we were committing. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were chatting about a different kind of injustice that the youth feel today. How some have heard that if you don't have a college degree or if you do not make a lot of money, that you are less than those that do. Some felt that the pressures that were put on them, sometimes it was too much for them and hard to bear. So I said, okay, you heard that, but do you believe that? Surprisingly, the group was divided. I asked those that did believe it if they didn't mind telling me why. One explained because they have the nice cars, the nice homes, the nice jobs, and the nice clothes. Others agreed. Another said because the ones that they encountered acted like they were so much better than them, they treated them differently, they looked at them differently, they acted like they couldn't be bothered with them, making them feel small. Others were in full agreement with this because the group began to nod and clap. I heard one person who is normally quiet say, it just isn't right. And you know what? That is correct. It is not right. Because whether or not you have a college degree or whether or not you make a lot of money, you can also have a nice home, nice clothes, nice job. Every area in your life is about how you make it. You want the nice things life has to offer? Work hard for it. A home is what you make it. You can live in the baddest mansion out there. But if that mansion has no love, it's not a home. If that mansion has no joy, it's not a home. You can be the best six-figure employee out there. But if you don't have time to spend with your family, if you don't have time to spend with your kids, if you don't have time to make a happy home, what's it all for? A house that has a hole in the middle of the room and a wood-burning stove to cook on can have more love in it than a beautiful mansion with a pool. That worker that doesn't make the six-figure income but spends time with their children, that takes time to teach them about life, has more love and joy to give them than the one that doesn't make time for their family. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 3, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. So wherever you find yourself in life, 
whether you're making six figures or minimum wage, whether you are the CEO or not, make the best out of the decisions you have made and always remain humble because wherever you are and whoever you meet, they want to see Jesus. Show them Jesus. With him by your side, you'll see the injustices, but you'll pray about them and you'll pray for those persons and let God handle the rest. Stay humble. In summary, the importance of knowing how to seek justice in an unjust world. We hear chants of no justice, no peace, and justice delayed is justice denied, to name a few. We mistakenly believe that seeking justice is what God wants, but it is truly what we want. We want to see people suffer for the wrong they've done when it's not our place. We are called to love and to show God's love to all humanity that we may lead them to Christ. Christ through God was sent to provide justice and peace to all who believe in his death and resurrection. Romans 14 and 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of your brother or sister. Throughout history, it has been the inaction of those who could have acted, the indifference of those who should have known better, the silence of the voice of justice when it mattered most. That has made it possible for evil to triumph. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques that's used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennett's. Well, Real Talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.